0: So this is a piece of software, it's modeled after the concept of a dead man's switch. You know, you configure a variety of snitches, you tell it what schedule you expect to to run your job in, and then should the job go missing, then it can do a variety of different things to let us know, right?
1: Welcome to Working Code, with your three hosts who never make off-by-one errors, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim.
0: Okay, it is show number 157, and on today's show, it's going to be The Adam and Adam Show. I have with me, patron, friend of the show, and bloody good chap, Adam Cameron. Say hello, Adam. Hi, Adam. That actually Uh, worked. Yeah. Uh, Adam Cameron, I don't know if I said your last name previously, you know, you've been around a stalwart of the the CFML CFML community for a very long time, and uh, just a good guy, so... We've been hanging out a lot together, and we're going to talk about Deadman Snitch on today's show. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that stuff more later, but as usual, we would like to start with our triumphs and fails. I assume you brought one with you, Adam? Kind of
1: one, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, well, why don't you go first? Stupid. Okay, yeah, fine. Anyway, this is a stupid thing. I've been quite quite a late start with Docker. I've only been using it for about three years because when I was looking for a job, of it, everything's Dockerized these days. I better teach myself which is fine. And now I'm kind of a, the Docker person at work. And it took me three years to find out that the entry point instruction at the end of the Docker file runs after the container starts. I just assumed everything in the Docker file was to do with building the image. And uh-huh. it just never occurred to me that I had that in to run stuff after the container was running, like doing NPM uh, install, um, or in my case, Composer install and stuff like that to, to set up um, the PHP uh, dependencies after we start. And I just thought, how am I this stupid? Um, <laughs> basically, and, and coupled with that, so i calling this a fail, by the way. I don't know whether i mentioned that before. And coupled with that, I finally twigged by how a PHP container works. Because, you know, containers usually have to have some sort of program running to keep the container mm-hmm. from just finishing as soon as you start with Docker components and Docker runs pretty much the same thing as well. And it didn't occur to me until I was looking into this that the reason why a PHP, because PHP is just an exe, you know, it's just you run it when you want to run it. It's not like ColdFusion, uh running as a service or anything like that. Um, but PHP has a thing called PHP FPM, which is the service that runs in the background listening to requests coming through on port 9000 or whatever. That seems quite late in the pace for me to learn Learn this thing that's incredibly fundamental to me to make my job. <laughs> yeah. And maybe a triumph in that I found that out <laughs> now. Well, you managed that's to make it great. work this
0: long without, yeah. without that. So, yeah. it, I just want to make sure I'm understanding, you were not clear that the it's that last line that is what is keeping the container alive?
1: Well, or? yeah, that was it. How this cropped up is I'm, foolishly, I volunteered to get our new node application dockerized, our front-end application to we started on. We're shifting away from uh, vision or Lucy from doing all that stuff. And we've got a React application instead. So we have got a, a front-end developer starting to deal with that, but he doesn't know anything about Docker. So similar to me in that regard, I guess we just found out. But I was dockerizing the stuff, and the, I, I created a node container, but it was just excellent um, every time it started. And uh, that okay. got me looking into the entry point thing. And then I did some more reading and went, huh, what, how, how did I not know this? And I docker, I dockerized our PHP containers as well to do the composer install part um, after it starts up. When I added the entry point instruction in, suddenly the PHP container just started shutting down um, straight away. <laughs> and again, what um, And yeah, looking into it further, the last thing in the underlying PHP image is um, an entry point run PHP FPM, which just sits there in the background and listening. So I finally tweaked how all that stuff works as well. So it's a good learning experience, which I guess is a win in itself. But it was, the key thing was, I assumed everything in the Docker file was to do with building the image, and it wasn't Mm -hmm. until you got to either the Docker run command with all the parameters you give it, or the Docker compose file with similar parameters, and and that stuff was applied to the container, and that's not true.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing how far we can get in this industry with just a little copy and paste. Like, you don't really have to understand everything. Yeah. You don't really have to read the docs. You can. You can... Uh, Get yeah. pretty
1: far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've, we've we've got this business that makes out of many millions of quid for the boss every year, training on this stuff that I didn't yep. understand, which is cool or worrying, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. You know,
0: little column uh, yeah. A, little column B.
1: Yeah. 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 So that's me. Adam, over to you. I believe is what we normally say. Um, yeah. As usual.
0: So. I am going to go with, I, I'm going to call it a triumph. It's been a rough couple of days for me. I thought I would pick something very specific to what we're going to talk about today. And so I mentioned on a previous show that we switched things up about like the way that we're storing the configuration of our snitches um, and using the service and its API as sort of the database of our snitch
1: configuration. Yeah, I not record you saying that.
0: Yeah, and and sort of, in a way, you could say we're kind of looking up the snitch ID real-time in order to check into it. And we'll get into what that means um, in yeah. depth here soon. But I made some mistakes when I wrote the code that that made all of that work. And, and you know, typical developer mistakes, stupid mistakes like creating... So the, the way that we find a snitch to check into is, you know, go, it says, okay, this is the job that's running. It's running job XYZ for customer PDQ and... So I need, what, I need the snitch ID for that. And it goes and looks it up. And if it's not found, it creates it. And it, okay, well, okay, so I need to create a snitch with customer. So there's there's tags, right? So it creates, mm-hmm. it creates a snitch and it tags it. Okay, it's for this job and for this customer so that when we need to go find it later. Um, it and by tag, end. you
1: mean just like metadata type, any, any yeah, sort yeah. of label who, you can attach it, like a, a label and a Jira fragment. So. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Just like, you know, a lot of people tag their blog posts or whatever.
1: Oh got you. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. And so the thing that I shot myself in the foot with was I was creating them with whatever the case, uppercase, lowercase was mm-hmm. of the customer name as it came in for the request. And then when I was specifically mm-hmm. looking them up, I was doing a U case because I was thinking, you know, you know, when we are implementing yeah, yeah, things yeah. In, in a text in, uh, or a case insensitive way, usually you go, OK, everything is uppercase or everything's lowercase on yeah. both sides of the equation. And then we could just do it equal. Yeah. And I, that's how I was thinking when I wrote the code to do the lookup, but that's not how I was thinking when I wrote the code to do the create. And so not last night as mm. we're recording this, but the night before I got woken up like four times an hour. It was how? a rough night. Not not every hour overnight. Somehow it managed to like give me three or four straight hours of, of no interruptions. But it was it was a very rough night because of two mistakes, the, the text case one and then another one that I it was using an in-memory cache of the snitch configuration. And I just, yeah. it didn't even occur to me that we very recently switched to this server that's running this being multiple instances, like a load-balanced cluster. Mm-hmm. And so each instance had its own in-memory cache and would go, okay, I don't recognize this snitch that you're asking for. Let me go create it. And it would create it and check into it, and that's fine. And then you know, the next time that the job runs, maybe it hits the other server and says, "Oh, I don't know what this snitch is that you're trying oh, to." Oh man! So it goes and creates a duplicate of it, and then checks into it. And so, and the funny thing is, we're we're very deep into the process of growing and evolving the way we're, that we're using the system. It's a little bit of a naive implementation still right now. We get alarms, on call alarms, mm-hmm. for every snitch that fails, and then again when it starts to resume. So. I was getting alarms for all of these duplicates being created and, oh my. And the first time they get checked into. It, it's like, Hey, congratulations, your snitch just checked in, which is great. Fine. And then, you know, 15 minutes or an hour later or whatever, it fails to check into that one. And it's the same, you know, I've got four duplicates of the same job. So each of those four is kind of constantly like missing or, or now checking in again or whatever, because of the, the caching thing. Hmm. And then, some of them, I was like, I, I couldn't figure out how to get it to stop overnight. It, I was just kind of like, the things that were failing, I knew was not a big deal. So I was able to just like silence the alarm and try to go back to sleep. But it did keep me keep waking me up and it was very annoying. So yesterday at work, I made it like my, the only thing I needed to accomplish for the day was to yep. make this not happen again overnight. And so the triumph here is that I actually got a good night's sleep last night.
1: That's triumph in anyone's box for whatever reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know as much as my body will let me now that I'm an old person mm, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah so I, I managed to fix the problems the the text casing and the in-memory caching sure. fix those sure. two things and
1: I want to come back to the text casing thing later I've been writing some notes since you've been talking already wow so just a, yeah cool so
0: then let's just get right into it let's talk about dead man snitch yep. why don't I give like a just a very quick uh I mean this is going to sound like a sales pitch but we're just you know talking about interesting software right um, yeah,
1: so well, I think gonna... to sound as enthusiastic about this as being this about feature flags. So, that's right. the level, you need to picture that.
0: Okay. If okay. you can. Sure. So, yeah, if, if, if for anybody who's not familiar, who hasn't been listening or paying close enough attention, this is a piece of software used to monitor things that happen on a schedule, not things that you're sitting there triggering in real time, right? I'm not at the desk running a job and wanting to know if this thing failed. I'm sleeping and I want to be woken up if. If it fails, because it's that important, that sort of thing. So this is a piece of software. It's modeled after the concept of a dead man's switch. Switch. This particular implementation service is called Dead Man's Snitch. Snitch. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a very simple service on the surface. You know, you configure a variety of snitches, which you just have like one snitch per job, effectively. You tell it what schedule you expect to to run your job in. And then if it stops checking in for any reason, so, so and a check-in is, okay, my job is running and sort of like the last thing it does before it shuts down is it sends just an HTTP request to this service to say, okay, hey, I'm, I'm here, I did my thing, okay. consider me alive, right? And then should the job go missing, then it can do a variety of different things to let us know, right? It, it can just send an email, it's got integrations with other services. So we have it set up to integrate with our Ops Genie, which is an Atl- Atlassian product for, for on-call alarms, that sort of thing. And there's a, you know, there's a variety of ways we can do that. Like I said before, ours is currently pretty naive. All snitches are being alarmed. We have a plan for how we're going to change that. But that's and the way it's currently the, configured.
1: The, the text in the middle of the night level for everything because you're still easing and this is new technology for you guys as well. We've been using it for
0: years. Oh, okay. But, but, you know, initially when we started setting it up, we were only using it for things that were mission critical. So it just yep. made sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, to be fair, you know, it's not often that things are failing and, and uh, sending alarms. So even if it is a something that can be ignored, if it happens once a month, that it Wakes somebody up and you go, Oh, okay, that one I, I know I can ignore. Yeah, yeah. then you could just go back to bed and it's not that big of a deal. If it's happening every night, that's that's much more of a problem, yeah. So, and then the further complicating things is we have we are in the process of moving toward a multi tenant architecture. Yeah. So, right now, you know, everything is deployed as effectively single tenant, we're, yeah. we're you know, migrating in that direction, but so there's 13 customers who all have 13 copy or each has its own copy of every one of these jobs. And so if there's, say, you know, a, a syntax error got deployed today and the job is going to fail because of that when it runs overnight, yep. then it's going to fail 13 times. And that's Ooh. particularly annoying, right? So that's one of the things that will be changing in the future is the jobs themselves will become multi-tenant, right? And it'll be one job that just runs and it handles all customers. And so okay. even if it does fail, it'll fail one time, we'll get yep. one alarm.
1: And I would, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I would presume you're not locked out though. Having done that, there might be some alarms that are used or tenant specific, or the frequency of them, or the something are tenant specific, and you can still accommodate that sort of granularity.
0: We do have a couple. We try very hard not to do anything that is going to make our lives more difficult as we move yeah. toward multi-tenant. You know, we do like. The occasional third-party service that we have to integrate with and, and pull data from, or mm-hmm. that sort of things. But for the most part, we try to keep things pretty cookie cutter. But from customer to yeah. customer, that way.
1: Yeah, and I guess it, it depends on the nature of what you're doing as to whether it even makes sense to have of you know, specific things. That it'll either be right or it'll be wrong across the whole piece of software. Right. I'm not used to multi software, so. Like,
0: yeah, it so. gets it gets very interesting very fast when you have like one of the difficult things about our industry is that we are working with universities and they are deeply entrenched with whatever payment gateway that they use like as a campus, right? So the, as, a, as an organization, a, a gigantic multi-million dollar organization, they have an ex- established relationship with some gateway, whether it's Blackbaud, Elevon, you know, authorized.net, whatever. And so there was, it, if we were like, okay, we use Stripe and you have to use Stripe to go with us, then I don't think we would have any customers and we would have gone out of business 10 years ago. Like we don't have a choice yeah. But yeah, sure. to integrate with all of the gateways. And so we use a service for that. That sort of does the abstraction of gateways for us, which is very nice. The one downside is that they don't have support for, and this is probably not their fault, but they don't support like Braintree. I think that there's discussion of them adding it soon Anyway, this service is called Spreedly, S-P-R-E-E-D-L-Y, if anybody wants to look it up. You know, that's, to me, I always get annoyed when somebody discusses something on a podcast. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Can I please have access to this thing? I, you know, I want to go uh, patronize this service too. And they don't say what it is or they don't tell you how yes. to find
1: it. So there you go. And good um, on you for spelling it out too, because depending on what one's accent sounds like, words can <laughs> sound quite different as we've absolutely. already discussed beforehand.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's kind of the elevator pitch mm. for Deadman Snitch uh, as a as a product as a service, right? So you configure snitches, you you have your scheduled jobs that run and check into snitches, and instead of getting an email that the job ran, and now you can you know be happy and, you know go about your day knowing that the job ran overnight, instead yeah. of like expecting thirty of those emails in the morning and then having to notice when hey wait a minute I only got twenty nine of the thirty emails that I was expecting. It yeah. kind of flips it around the other way and says, "Hey, wait a minute! This one went missing," and you can either get that by email or you can get a, a wake a me up alarm.
1: Very clarifying way of describing the service that finds. So I hadn't quite a bit. I knew what you were talking about, but I hadn't mm-hmm. sort of in terms like that because it fits into we need to do something like this in our um, system shortly, which is why I've got the interest in talking with you about it. But that's a good way of looking at it. That that's the detecting the negatives. Rather than leaving it to the use of the positives, which will, exactly. will always get lost on there. Yeah. I don't want to get 30 emails. I don't want to even get one email. But you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, nope, absolutely not. And I mean, it—it's it, funny the way it landed on my radar. It was originally a product created by somebody local to me here, near Philadelphia, and it's just like a you know a, a startup type of person in Philadelphia created it, and it you know I just had it in the back of my mind. I was. Aware of it. And then when we had a need for it, it was like, hey, actually, I know exactly what we need. We started using it. And then later he sold the business off. So it's not the same guy anymore, but it's still a great product at a great price. So we're
1: very yeah, You still with festive, invested locally, which is, is really good. Yeah.
0: So that's the elevator pitch on the service itself. Did you have specific questions or certain place you wanted to start?
1: Uh, no. I just, the one thing that I, I find really interesting in this is that it reminds me of Launch Darkly, and that not, good, not that it does anything similar. Mm hmm. But left to my own devices and me being a dev, I'd go, we need something like this. And I'd open up a file and start writing angle bracket CF, this, that, and the other thing, and, and mm-hmm. then start, start trying to solve it myself. And indeed, it worked. We've, we've kind of done that in our CFML um, platform, but we're migrating to PHP at the moment. And I don't want to reinvent the wheel. So I didn't even know anything like this existed. So I am now glad that it's not something my devs need to write for me. Um, we can do something like this, which is, which is really good. And it's important, I think, for people to consider using stuff that's already been written rather than writing it yourself. It's less fun, but it's more efficient and it's more professional to reuse something that's already been done.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it's easy. It's when you come across a problem like this, that's so well-defined, it's easy to get into the trap of like, Oh, I, I could do that. That's not a problem and yeah. you know then then you're but the the things that i think we fall into the trap is is like we're not thinking about okay well but for this to actually be valuable it has to be you know i'm using finger quotes here highly yeah. available so that it doesn't go down because one a, one region of aws went down or something like it's that good point. Yeah. you know i need to make sure that it's going to be there cuz this is a, a mission critical piece of infrastructure here
1: um, Yeah. And even not at that level though i mean i'm thinking for our operation we're running on one server in a, in a data center in manchester or something like that and this stills with the entire uk and ireland but we don't have this global spread sort of thing but it's the complexity it's like oh i can write something that can send an email mm-hmm. when something chuddy's up and they go ah oh, but in the middle of the night the email's no good mate oh okay so now i've got to integrate with a text gateway, and there might be some others who oh no we actually need to put something into elk or something like that and and if you start writing yourself it sounds really easy when you start but it very very mm-hmm. quickly it's super complicated and these guys have done it all for you already so yeah um, and What's the pricing like? Is that something that, that we ought to discuss here or, or make sense to? Oh, yeah, we can mention it.
0: Let me pull up their plans page here. So, actually, they...
1: Yeah, yeah, no one see these numbers, sorry.
0: I, I'm pretty sure... Uh, yeah, so they, they even have a free plan. So, if you just like want to try it out, you can try, mm-hmm. try it out for free for, for an unlimited amount of time. You get one snitch, like so one job to check into. Yeah. And, and then it goes up from there. So, if you want Three snitches is five dollars a month. A hundred snitches is twenty dollars a month. Three hundred snitches for forty-nine dollars a month. And then, like I mentioned on the show, I don't I don't know what the the numbers are off the top of my head. But we recently got to the point where, we're like, okay, well, we know for a fact that we now need to create more than three hundred snitches. Yeah. And so we are now on the if you need more, call us yeah. Yeah. price tier.
1: <laughs> yeah. But well, I mean, like, I personally wouldn't want to be booking up um, fifty bucks a month anything to do with it but uh, for, for a company that's nothing
0: exactly yeah that's fifty dollars really a month it, and that i mean that fifty dollars a month covers you for 300 jobs and so if yeah. you've got 300 background jobs running uh, yeah. you can afford fifty dollars yeah. you better be cool. able to afford <laughs> fifty dollars well, yeah, a month for mission critical nice stuff absolutely okay so how does all the stuff work from a you know, so i mentioned the, yeah the I point mentioned, of it's a it's a webhook right so you, when oh. you well, come, let's circle back to the API aspect. Well, let's just start sure. with like what they call click, click ops, right? So you sign into the platform. And there's a big new snitch button. You click that and you give it a name. You can give it some tags, taxonomy type stuff. You can give it an email address that you want to send to should it fail to check in. Uh-huh. There's a notes field if you care to do that. And then there's two other sort of important things. So it's got a, a type, which is just a simple... They call it heartbeat, so probably the the it's where everybody's it's what everybody's expecting right it's the the basic mm-hmm. you know, my job runs once an hour, I want the the thing to run once an hour and then the 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 part where that becomes a little bit frustrating or difficult is how do you know when the job is actually late right so if if the job is scheduled to yep. run once an hour, then really you know if it if it checks in at noon and then you're expecting. A check-in to happen between twelve and one. Well, really, should you wait until one? Should you wait until one o five? Because yeah. you know, if the if the check-in that happened at noon is because the job was triggered to run at noon, it's not that it takes an hour to run. It's that that's when it was roughly triggered. in, in oh, of it like A minute. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so then the one o'clock one is for the the job that's triggered to run at one o'clock. So maybe it's one o five. Maybe it's one o seven. Maybe it's one fifteen. It depends on how long the job is going to take. So. My understanding is, and this is a little bit outdated since the last time I read their docs, maybe, it, maybe it's changed, but I don't think so. This basic, they call it heartbeat type, is it waits an entire extra duration, right? So if the job is set to expect a check-in once an hour, and it checks in at noon, the one o'clock goes missing, at two o'clock is when they will send the alarm up. Okay. And that's, that doesn't sound terrible for something that you're expecting to run like on an hourly basis, but when you're expecting hmm. a, a daily job, or even you know like a weekly job yeah. you, you certainly don't want to w- want it to wait a whole extra week right and that's why they offer what they call a smart type which is it kind of learns what to expect the, oh, the nice difference one. being with the the more basic ones you have yeah. a lot more tightly grouped range I guess, is that the right wording so with the the basic you can go from my job runs once a minute two minutes three minutes 5 10 15, 20 30 hour on up to like a month. If you choose smart, the minimum that you can choose is one hour. But the smart thing is it figures out where in that hour it can expect the job to check in and then it notifies you. uh, There's some sort of intelligence baked into here and so it notifies you sooner after it has gone missing.
1: Going back to that um, drop down on the heartbeat one that you are showing before, Mm -hmm. That's got you wrapping down the values before one minute, two minutes. So what you're saying, if, if I set my heartbeat to be three minutes, I'll get an alert at six minutes. That was the wrong number for New Zealand, wasn't it? Six, the number after five. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that
0: wasn't intentional at all, was it? No,
1: it actually um, wasn't.
0: Yes. So if you if you have a job that runs every three minutes, basically. I, the way that I think about it is that the job would fail twice, or it would have the opportunity to fail yep. twice before I would be notified yeah. with a with a basic heartbeat, which is still really good. You know, how many times in oh, our yeah. careers have we had a job go missing for a month or two months, and you're like, "Oh, that's not good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But okay, yeah, cool. so then there's the the smart type, which, like I said, is a minimum of an hour, and then that one also goes up to monthly.
1: Okay. And the way that, say you set that for an hour, right, and it will gather some metrics, I guess, initially and, and, and hone its accuracy. So if it, it'll it see a task running at 1 p.m., 2 p.m., 3 o'clock mm-hmm. 4 p.m., 3.59 p.m., it's going to go, okay, there's kind of a delta of about five minutes on this stuff. So I'll, if the next one doesn't run by 5.15, shall we say, then it will go, okay, yeah, that's outside that delta of five minutes that I've become accustomed to, then that's probably a problem I'll send them a ping.
0: Yeah, basically. And, you know, not everything, ha- this is not an alerting service. I just want to make that clear for the listener. This is not something, this is not the thing that gets me out of bed in the middle of the night. This is the thing that knows that I should be, that, that you know, the job has gone missing. Oh, and then we okay. Have, we have an integration with our Ops Genie.
1: And ah, and that's when you were saying there were the webhooks before. It sends the webhooks to Ops Genie and Ops Genie does the right. messaging. Sorry, that, I mean, I was, yeah, I'm getting so ahead so of I, what I, you're going to show uh, me. I have the Ops
0: Genie app on my phone, and I have it set up so that even if my phone is in Do Not Disturb and silent and all that, it can it has access through settings on the phone to like turn on sounds and and yep. ignore the Do Not Disturb and mm. plays this really loud, annoying gong sound at like full volume because I that's need enough. it to wake me up. I need something that's going to like wake me up without giving my wife a heart attack. So that's kind of what we've settled on. Okay, and yeah, fair enough.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's good that you mentioned that because I thought this was the thing that was doing the alert messaging as well. Right. Just from you know the the quick discussion we had. Sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find an example. So there's a a pretty neat thing that I've noticed. I wish I could remember which one of these jobs. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. So uh, let me see if I can describe this audibly for the listener. So I've pulled up one of my snitches, and we're looking at the the activity of check ins. And the so it shows this particular job is set. It's a smart niche with an interval of a day, so it, it expects the job to run once a day. Yeah. So we've got, it, and it shows me what the the webhook is. There's a URL that we just you know make a GET request to that URL, and it says, okay, thanks for letting me know the job is running. And then on the right side of the screen, I've got it shows like a, a list of days, and it shows a check mark with a timestamp of when the when the job checked in and so okay. what we can see you know sort down here at the bottom of the list they're all you know it shows like 12 noon basically which i think is even it's like noon mm-hmm. utc and yep. the check, mox, check box is like centered in that in that
1: yeah i was wondering
0: what that was div, right so it just, just picture a div it's like a, a line with a brackets on either side of it i guess you would say yeah and it's pretty much pretty much centered in there at 12 o'clock and you'll see you know, even though the check ins are as we move up into more recent days, even at, even though we see the are still right there, noon or 12.01, the check mark is moving closer to the right edge of that yeah. line. And what I'm taking that to mean is that this is showing that it's expecting. So I think this most recent one, it looks like it's, you know, maybe 15 minutes behind or something like that. The, it's, I think it's what it's showing here is that if this 12 o'clock check-in were to go missing, it would notify us probably by 12.15, 12.30, something like that. Even though it's a, okay. it's a day job, it's, it has detected the pattern of, like, we are right here at 12 o'clock oh, checking in.
1: I see. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, yeah. and so it recognizes like, okay, there's a little bit of room for variation. Let's not be too, too hyper vigilant about, like, well, it's 12.01 and the job hasn't checked in yet. Let's give it a minute to breathe. But yeah. Even though this is a once-a-day job, it's going to notify me
1: very soon yeah. after. But I, I guess an important thing in the visualization here that you and I can see, and the others obviously can't, is um, there's, there's about a week and a half's worth of metrics there. Down November twenty-nine, it's going. Yeah, okay. Well, if I did not get one by November, November thirty, then I go. Well, I better tell them, I suppose. Yeah. And and as we go up to more recent ones, it goes. Maybe it's not just the next day. Maybe I'll if it, it doesn't happen by 11, by eleven fifteen oh, pm. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll trigger them, and then the next day's one is um, actually maybe 9:45 PM. I should be telling them, and it's it's getting more confident mm-hmm. about it's, it's learning yeah. in a primitive sort of way, or when it should start panicking. It,
0: yeah, it's it's slowly tightening the window in yeah. which it's expecting. That's the that
1: way I'm describing it. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it only just occurred to me as I was about to say it to you. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not amazing at at uh, explaining. It's that good enough. when
1: you're describing something to someone. You you learn a lot more about it yourself because you yeah, yeah, so actually think about it rather than just go, ah, oh, yeah, I kind of know what that stuff is.
0: Right. So while we've got this one snitch open, uh, yep. I can show you, it's got like these three tabs here across the top. It's got activity, setup, and settings, mm-hmm. right? Settings is the thing that you, we saw it's a form that we filled out when we were creating this niche, which the snitch, With just all the choices that were in there. And then the, so that just leaves the setup tab. And so this is basically a whole bunch of different options for like cut and paste of how to implement this, right? So the big thing at the box at the top is it just gives you a big, like easy copy and paste. Here's the URL. Send a get request to this URL and your snitch will have been checked into.
1: Cool. And that's so, got like it's sort of GUID on the end of it, but it's, it's yeah. some sort of short hash, like a yeah. like, like a hash from, from GitHub kind of length type thing. Yep. So, you yeah, know, yeah. You, you need to it's like a
0: 10 or 12 character, yeah. like a SHA type deal.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. And and so, you know, they've got that, and then it shows, like, curl examples, you know, how to do stuff from the command line, uh, Very different approaches for different things. Okay, cool. And then along the left here, you know, so that's just HTTP basics, you know, so that's that's applicable okay. to anyone. But then if they've got, okay, well, you know, if you happen to be a Ruby user, here's the Ruby gem, here's how you install it, here's how you use it. There's Python, okay. you can check in via email. I
1: believe that they don't lose ColdFusion time there, Adam.
0: Yeah. What's I going mean, on? Can you imagine?
1: Yeah.
0: Why? <laughs> And then I they have a field agent, which I what, think yeah, is just like a thing. it's a an app. Like this the way that they're sh- using it here, it looks like it's a an application you can install on the command line. So instead of doing gotcha. curl,
1: you take oh, yeah, their DMS. program yeah. and pass it some mm-hmm.
0: arguments and it'll it'll do the thing.
1: So Oh yes, yeah, so the DMS. Oh yeah, DMS was DMS that yep. so what it was showing me is, is the equivalent of something you type into bash or something like that. So it's like DMS dash yes and then the hash or whatever it is and a path to a shell script Mm -hmm. to run so that kind of makes you can install that locally as an agent on the operating system okay
0: right yeah so if you're using cron or something then this would be Mm. this would be the command that you would drop into cron it looks like the way that if i'm looking at this correctly it looks like they say you know you call this command and you pass it a shell script or whatever as one of the arguments yep. and it'll run the shell script and then after it completes then it will check into the snitch for you yep. and so you just copy and paste that into your cron tab as the the command that you want it to run and it does both for you in one go cool. and you don't have okay, to like good. change the code of the job itself
1: nice and thoughtful it to have the sort of you know usage it's right there um, yeah absolutely. In the application
0: so if we take a, a second and zoom back out a little bit i'm Gone to the, the like the main screen of what I see mm-hmm. when I log in here. I, you know, it's got a list of all my snitches, and at the top it shows there are twenty snitches pending. So that's like twenty snitches that have been created and have not yet been checked into. It shows that one snitch is missing. So I've got this What's one job.
1: Definition of checked into in that content.
0: So really, what it means is that it has received that HTTP request with that that hash that we saw. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Right, and so. You create the job, and then it, you could just let it sit there and never do anything. Oh, I don't need to do for this one state that these are in, right? Okay. And then this next one is missing. This like sort of blue question mark okay. looking yeah. thing.
1: Right, that um, correlates across the other side of the table. Okay.
0: Yep. And so yeah. you can see, you know, this job, if I open it up, has had a couple of successful check-ins, but then for mm-hmm. whatever reason, today has not checked in yet, and so I need to go investigate that. Probably as soon as we're done on this call, I'll go yep. dig into that. But it's not a, a mission critical thing and hasn't been sending me alarms, which has been Right. Nice.
1: And that's one that's been set up to run hourly. That's why you've got in that sort of activity log thing on the right hand side. Yep. There's an entry every hour going, um, hello.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the windows that it lists here are like 16 to 17, 17 to 18, 18 to 19. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, we talked about pending, missing, and then it's got paused. So you can say, you know, I've got a snitch and the job is broken and and it's not mission critical. So I'm just going to let it sit there while I'm doing something more important for right now, but I don't want the alarms to keep coming. So you can just pause the snitch and say, like, go go into dormant mode. And one of the very nice things about it is that Hmm. it will automatically unpause if and when it is next checked into. So the job starts working again. Oh, okay. The snitch, you know, goes back into active mode and, and... does its job, which is very nice. Okay, cool. So it's kind of like back, it's okay
1: if you don't hear from this one, but back to business as usual once you do start hearing from it. Yes. Comment.
0: Exactly. Okay. So then yep. I've got to, it shows a 248 healthy right now.
1: Okay. It also goes to show that from from the, the UI here, there's a little green circle and they've tried to fit in 248.
0: Yeah. You know, the I don't think that they have too many customers that have 300, yep. you know, three three digit snitches. Or yes. if they do, maybe they just don't care because that's it, no, not like right? I care. Yeah, Right. Just, yeah, exactly. So, and then along the the side of the page here, we've got like a list of all of our tags and it shows, yep. you know, the same status mm-hmm. indicators along them. So you can see, okay, you know, for this particular customer, I've got 18 that are healthy, one that's paused, two that are pending. Oh, okay. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And so you can just go at the
1: and, top and, of the list if you click on the, each of those Icons there's, there's a filter on them, so if you click on on the on the go, go back to the top of the list. Sorry, if you want. Oh, um, you mean the, if you the click there, there there's a, does it a filter, filter on uh, on those, so you can you can only fragments like only see the paused ones or right. only see the,
0: which is a little unfortunate. But one nice thing is it does sort mm-hmm. by that. So ah, okay, uh, cool. The, the missing one is right there at the top of the list yeah, cool. because that's Perfect. going to be the most important. Then your oh. pending ones because obviously you created them for some reason and they haven't checked in yet. So that's kind of important. Yeah, then yeah. That You have all your, all your active ones and down at the very bottom of the list is where all the paused ones yeah, show up. So it doesn't have filtering, but I, I do feel like there's a little bit of thoughtfulness there. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, fine. cool. And then in, for each tag, you can click on a tag and it'll show you just the snitches for that particular tag.
1: Okay, so you've got a list of what looks like various colleges mm-hmm. down the side there and so each of those will on the I'm just think about your multi-tenanted thing they've got different numbers of switches is just, just rather than all having the same number is this just because this is all it's not multi-tenanted yet so um, some of them don't have some of them or
0: yeah so each school could mm-hmm. opt into a variety of different modules like so we have um, one of our one of our less popular modules is our online alumni association membership organization and so you can like pay to be a member of your alma maters mem- uh, alumni membership yep. uh, alumni association wow. man mm-hmm. i cannot think today it's my day off sorry that's um, yes, it all right your idea to do it today <laughs> and uh, so uh for the schools that have that module, they will have some additional jobs that are specific to that module. So that's why the numbers are not the same school. Yep. school, Yeah.
1: Yeah, Mike's sorry.
0: Yep. And so as we start to move toward talking about the API, I think this is mm. a good time to mention. So I think that we are in a little sense here overloading what the tags are intended for, right? So like okay. when you're just creating these with ClickOps, you know, it makes sense to tag things and try to group them in a way where you might want to be like, okay, like show me all of the membership uh, jobs, yeah. you know, so I can right. see, you know, who who has things that might not be working or whatever for membership, that sort of thing. Okay. For m- the automation that I built with using the API, I needed some way to be able to uniquely identify a, a snitch without knowing its ID, right? So I get a request yes. saying I need to check into the job, right? I'm the membership payment collecting job, yeah. and I I need to just notify you that I've completed. Well, I don't want the job to have to know, okay, well, I'm for school ABC, so that's this SHA, and I, or I'm for school XYZ, so that's this SHA. I just wanted to say, hey, go. I ran the job and here's the school name, right? Yep. And then, so I built this thing that stands in the middle there and says, okay, it accepts membership payment job
1: for mm-hmm. the
0: school and then it uses the API to go look up what is the snitch for the membership payment job for the school, returns that to the job which yep. then sends the the check-in the HTTP cool. request, and so to make that work, uh, basically we we just use their API to cache locally a list of all of our snitches so we cache a list of all of their snitches and then I need to f- find a way to I, I could have just done it with like very specific syntax in the snitch name, right like you know customer yeah. colon, job name, colon
1: something who knows. But But then you're just uh, moving the metadata into the name and and, and obfuscating that.
0: You could have, yeah. But since they have tags, I was like, okay, Hmm. well, let's let's try that. So, all the job snitches here, you know, they have a tag that Hmm. is like, you know, a specific prefix and then the job name, right? So the prefix just tells me like this is this is a job tag. It might as well just say job colon here.
1: And Adam's job, showing me a list of tags against one of his clients, and, and some of them are like, that's what you call your company, isn't it? And another one, email marketing, and another one, the name of the institution. And mm-hmm. then there's one that's all letters and underscores and stuff like that, and those are the ones that you're talking about for your, right. your specific ones, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, and, you know, the one you said it's the name of the institution, this is one I had to go through and clean up because there were a lot of them in here that had, you know, mixed case, right? Like, only the first letter was uppercase. Yep. Or all lowercase or all uppercase, or whatever. So I, I recently had. Fortunately, they have the API, so it made it very easy to like. Okay, find cool. everything but that's that has one of this tag, remove that tag, and replace it with this tag. That's like the same thing, but all U case or whatever. Yeah. So it, that was nice to be able to clean that up, especially when you get into the point where you have three hundred of these things. Uh-huh. And then so so that's the two tags that we're currently like using for that automation. Is there's yep. one that identifies the customer and one that identifies the, yeah. the job that's being run. I think. Yep, and so I use that to look up what the snitches, return that, and and there you go. Bob's your uncle. Mm-hmm. And then, so they do have an API. If I can pull up their docs here. You know, it's, it's pretty basic. Like, you can you know, list all of your snitches, add a snitch. You can do updates, like I talked about. I modified the tags, that sort of thing. I'm sure that there's a lot of stuff in here that I'm not making use of, but uh, you know, it, it does what I need, which is great. That's cool. And there's a, a node module for it, too, which is handy. So, yeah takes most of the heavy lifting. I was just like, here's my API key and I'm calling the update method or whatever. Like, it's not,
1: it's not difficult. Yeah. So that looks, that yep. looks easy enough. Yeah, for sure. And they've got examples and it was showing me the docs but they've got full examples there of what to run explaining everything. Yep. It's, it's yeah, curl like examples
0: and, and all kinds of good stuff here. So I, I guess that's pretty much it about this particular service. Do you have any other questions I could answer for you? Oh, yeah. One, one question I had,
1: is there, is there any ability to build any more intelligence into the snitches in an example i just was thinking that could it have the intelligence like i've started this so you, i'm running a mm-hmm. job right we run a lot of schedule tasks i've started this job right like a start and, and, yeah, and, and, and then there's no finish okay. and we don't care if it starts and stops we don't care how long it takes on the whole but if we go this one started this one never stopped Mm-hmm. We probably want to hear about it before it gets round to its full cycle, because it might be, again, as you say, a weekly job or any other sort of business rules. Can you give it like a, a, a Lambda or something that it can run that comes back with a true or false based on some stuff, send it or something like that? Nope. None nope, of okay. that. <laughs> it's as simple as that, you basically just ping the URL and go right. take note of that and Either tell me if you don't get do another one of these within time within two time periods, or mm-hmm. work it out for yourself how often to get it. No, that's that, that,
0: that's cool. Yeah. So you know, there's different ways to think about it too. So, for example, I'll just throw out a couple of things that we've had to to think about ourselves. One is, you know, sometimes you have scheduled jobs that run, say, every 15 minutes, except you've got this database maintenance, uh, where, like it doesn't run overnight, which we don't have it's two hours, or yeah. whatever, right? And so, what we do to cover our bases in that type of situation is we'll just have a cron job that does nothing except a check-in as if it were the job running. Uh, I see fake it. Right, fake it. Or, yep. I, and and you know that works, but it's a little bit messy because now you've got that snitch set up in two different places. The approach that we're moving towards now mm. is... You could have a
1: snitch adapter, though, that good. you have all the code and you just call that. But yeah, I, sure. I, I get your point, though.
0: So what we do now, though, is we build the maintenance window into the job itself. So the job knows, okay, if it's between this time and this time, I'm not it supposed to actually do anything. And so the, the, okay. the scheduler, the cron server that we have running, can still call and execute the job. And then it says, okay, well, it's a maintenance window, so the only thing I'm going to do is check into this niche. Oh, I am going to shut down.
1: We have yeah. had to deal with this situation just recently, and that I mean, we did it a different way. Now I wish we'd had this conversation earlier, because that sounds <laughs> like a better way to think it, to be honest. We've just got our, our hosting provider. Reserves the right to shut everything down between 1 and 2 a.m. every day. And we process 24-7. Well, 23-7, as it turns out. (laughs) And I've got them to call a curl that tells my application, stop running your scheduled tasks for an hour. And then at the end of the maintenance window, it goes, yeah, okay, you can start them all again. Whereas we could have baked that into a task runner. Right. I guess, like, yeah, this is in this window. Just return true. Send the snitch In return true.
0: Yeah. Right. So you're cool. you said that they reserve the right to shut down between one and two or twelve and one, whatever it is. Yeah. They don't necessarily always do that. Correct. And so then they the they're call, they're sending you a webhook to say, okay, we're actually going to do it because we have.
1: Yeah, done. yeah. They don't they don't shut them all down every night of the week. It's just just on the nights of the week that they do need to do the maintenance because before we we're just letting everything collapse in a heap and mm. our tasks the work that our tasks do is such that it doesn't matter if it, it it will if it falls over whilst processing a record it will back it out and go yeah i still need to do this one next time around so it's pretty robust but we do get a see of very emails going on oh, this task failed this task failed this task failed that we just know if the timestamp on the email is between one and two just to mm-hmm. delete them all which gotcha. is you know that it was just annoying rather than an actual problem but you know a problem people need to solve so it's, it's, it's good to have options there yeah, do it. I guess the other question I had, and this is a random one that doesn't impact us, but just whilst you were showing me the the delta and the learning part, can it? What about tasks? And I don't know if this is a real world thing. Like, what about if tasks, uh, if you're sending a stitch too frequently, like mm-hmm. you're supposed to get one of these an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're getting it more frequently than one an hour, that's actually a problem in itself.
0: That's a really good question. I've never thought about that. I don't think that, the, I, mean, I know for a fact, if you check into a snitch more often than it's expecting, it's not a problem. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, it's more of like a gone missing than a two for you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem. I mean, I don't have a situation that covers that. It just came up there. Another question comes up now. Let's say your snitch is, your process is due to run hourly on the hour. Mm hmm if one runs at the half hour, is the next expected one on the hour or is it a timer from when it last got one and it goes, okay, well, I'm, I'm not expecting the next one until half past three now rather than...
0: I, I don't know. Oh. That's that's another very good question. I... My, I Sorry, mean, my instinct mean says... My insight, yeah. yeah, I mean, the way that, you know, when we're looking at these ones that have checked in, when, when we're looking at that, that huh. time window, you know, it, I feel like... I don't know how they decide what the start of that time yeah. window is. Now, I, I think the one that I pulled up here at random to show you mm. ended up being one of the smart ones because all the check marks are toward the yep. end of the window. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I think that it uh,
1: would make sense for it to be a, a stopwatch start now,
0: right? And and I the think. thing is, when you when you configure one of these, you don't give it a time, a start time, right? You just say this is a job uh, that's going to run once an hour, or all right. You yep. configure the snitch to, maybe that's what it is. You're configuring it to say, I want it to check in at least once per hour. Yes. And, and I don't think that that means like a calendar hour or a clock hour, right? Yeah, like yeah Between yeah. 12 and 1. It's just, I think if that first check-in comes in at 1237, yeah. then the second one is going to expect by 137.
1: And that's the uh, analogy of the dead man's switch thing yes. as well. Or the, the dude and Lost typing in the number, every. Mm-hmm. 42 minutes or, or whatever it was at the time it starts from when it happens and so that's kind of the thing that you're looking for so right. that makes sense right lost might be too long ago <laughs> uh,
0: Now that one I managed remember. to you're talking about the TV show lost right yes yeah so that I I managed to avoid the mm-hmm. the disappointment I the only episode that of was lost the best I've ever seen uh, the only episode of lost I've ever seen is the finale uh, okay. Well I'm not I seeing no that I up. Okay. <laughs> I had I had no idea really what was going on, who the characters were, obviously yeah. I, I was visiting a friend and he was watching the finale. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he
1: was very anyway, disappointed. Sorry. No. That's, nothing That's
0: okay. Tangents happen on yes. the show, as you're familiar
1: Okay, so tell me now. So you you don't post your or you don't submit to your search. you don't don't send one. It then goes, right, I need to fire a webhook, Or I need to do something. We're not yeah. locked to that side of
0: things yet. Okay, yeah, good question. So when you're setting up a snitch, one of those fields initially is mm-hmm. you can give it an alert email and yep. that's optional. You don't have to have anything at all. Yep. And so for record keeping purposes, we do have it send to our help desk account just so that sure. we have a, a list of all of the times that they went missing and when they came back in. Makes mm-hmm. it easy to like have a log basically in my email. However, not on a per snitch basis, but sort of like at the at the top level, they have mm-hmm. an integrations section. Okay. And so you can do webhooks, you can do, so they have, <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is interesting to me. I haven't been in here in quite a long time. So mm-hmm. we've got one configured for Slack, which is interesting because we no longer use Slack as our team chat. Now we're on cool. Discord, but it's still in there. And I, I knew it was still going to there, but that's fine. And then I've got this other icon is the sort of the internet community agreed upon symbol for a webhook. I've seen that on like Zapier. I've seen it on a bunch of different sites. This like three oh, dots, okay. red and
1: black. Sort of oh, you're looking. Cause you you'd highlighted a, a GUID when you said that. Thought so really? Oh, what yeah. they settled on was <laughs> A4CF7431350. Yeah. yeah, and that's well, I shouldn't have said that. That's just yeah, Johnny okay. you'll,
0: you'll get quacked. It's great. Oh yeah, cool.
1: Can't that's yeah, the but, swear so, I did in almost an hour.
0: That's a new record. Yep. So yeah, the, it's just a, a random, hook, yeah. which I've, I've got it hooked up to some service I was using. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is what is, so it's, you can see underneath it says all snitches. It's sending every snitch, which ooh, I wonder uh. if I could like tell it to not send alarms for when they return, well, like when they start checking back in, re- return to healthy status. I need to, oh man, yeah. this would be so nice. So uh, as we've started to move towards this automation stuff, mm-hmm. I've got some sort of, Planes in the air that I haven't landed yet. Like, how am I planning to separate things out so that like these jobs and these snitches are not mission critical? So don't alarm us. We still want the emails, and it's going to send it to our chat. But Mm -hmm. like, I can get that when I wake up in the morning. I don't need to be woken up in the middle of the night because an image resize failed. Like, screw you. That's not important.
1: Well, to some people, fine.
0: And so, the the approach that I have been thinking about so far has Mm -hmm. just been to use email. So like Opsgenie has an email to alarm gateway, right? So within our Opsgenie configuration, our account there, mm-hmm. you can set it up so that it creates an email address. And if you send that email, if you send an email to that address, it will create an alarm and send that out to your team according to your on-call rules. And that was the plan going into this. So I'd say, okay, for these alerts, let's just add the on-call email as as one of the recipients of alerts for this particular thing because it's important. Yeah. But it looks like they support a way to like pick a tag and, and only okay. send alarms for snitches with that tag to this in particular sure. integration. That, that's that's quite interesting. Good. I know. So And it shows you an example of what the, what type of webhook that they're going to send. And, and then that's the that right there. That's the URL. Oh, right, the okay. I and
1: I, I can see in the JSON packet, you showed me the notes field, which I presume is the notes field we discussed earlier on when you're setting up the stitch and you can type some stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: sent them on anyway.
0: Right, so we have a couple yeah. that are configured, and the notes are like, "Do not ignore."
1: <laughs> you know, like, not like all the other alerts you ignore. This one well, don't ignore, please.
0: The it, it's, I mean, you're not wrong because you know <laughs> there are so many snitches. You know, we're at this point where we've got a, a bunch because we want to have the awareness of when mm-hmm. the jobs are failing and when they're not. But we do have. We're we're just now kind of getting good about segregating important alarms versus critical alarms and so we've of the let's just say 300 alarms that we have maybe 20 of them i would put as critical and the rest are all just important enough that we need to know about them and so we've got a couple it's like yes if the if you don't get this job fixed by the end of the day we can recover it but it becomes harder sort of situation so if you can get it done the same day that it fails then good
1: Um, what then they need to send, in that JSON packet is like a an integer that represents a, a log level or for a degree of urgency. I mean, info, definitely shouldn't use a word like info or warning or anything like that. But I think the industry has agreed that we just use integers for those things. So I'm having a go at Ben in your previous article in your <laughs> previous episode, where he went, "Oh, ah, numbers." Yeah, the
0: the Discord had a, a, a fun time chatting over that one.
1: Okay, I missed that
0: one. The numbers, yeah. Anyway. So, they've got integrations. And yep. the, what, what sent me off on that tangent is it looks like they now have an Ops Genie integration mm. specifically that we're not currently using. So, I will be
1: looking into that. I've never heard of Broadcast or Victor Op or MetaMost for that matter. But then again, I don't do this sort of stuff for a living, I guess. But. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Have you heard of all of those? Are they, are they yeah. things? No. Okay. Let's go.
0: Cool. No. I mean, so from the I've I've heard heard of Ops
1: Genie, I've heard of. Enough.
0: Yeah. Opsgenie, PagerDuty, Slack. And, hmm. and webhooks, you know, that's like a DIY yeah. approach. But, yeah. And then, so you you can have multiple people, right? So that, like that's the my teammates, and and then billing. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So we are we're paying eighty dollars a month for seven hundred and fifty snitches. Wow. Which is very very affordable.
1: Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a that's a lot of helpful functionality there. So yeah. 80 yeah, oh, bucks yeah. a month. This this
0: made life so much better. I, I'm trying to remember what we did before we had this. I don't, I don't know that we did anything. You know what we did? Okay, so before we had Dead Man Snitch, we had we did have OpsGenie set up, and so what we would do is a couple. Of, you know, just those like super important jobs would be written with like a sort of a global try catch around the entire yeah. job itself, yeah. right? And if that catch fa- caught an error. Then it yeah. would directly send a message to Ops
1: Genie. So there yeah, was, I, I, you know. I think you've been looking at our code base when you say, this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. that's pretty much the approach that we've got at the moment. And I'm, I'm looking at this. And actually, one thing I was thinking about when well, this, you know, how I, I jokingly said that you could use a dead message adapter for this sort of thing. So the implementation was only in the one place. Thinking about it now, it'd be a sister for, and this goes back to the conversation you guys had about logging before, where a, a point I made on... the. the discord sorry for the people that aren't patrons is, is logging is, is more than just sending messages you could have a log writer that sends your snitches so you just have a log entry like write log to the snitch log and the handler for that goes off and does the snitch stuff so you, from anyone looking at the code mm-hmm. it still just looks like a log entry to make sense it is writing to a log I'm doing your quotes there right. in a way it's just the log that's on deadman snitch rather yeah. than a file
0: yeah for sure so I, I wanted to mention one other thing that that I forgot I was going to say earlier. You had talked about like having it be sort of smart enough to know like a start and an end of a single mm-hmm. snitch. It doesn't yeah. have support for that. I mean, if you're willing to sort of use two snitches per job or per job that you want to okay. try to start and end of, you know, you could have like a snitch for the start. It it wouldn't really correlate between the two, but you would know, okay, mm. like the start happened, and and I don't know, you could like. Wha- Unpause yeah, here's a question. Of,
1: what can you send with the request? Can you send the metadata with the request like you can send this a is insta- instance going on, so you can have a unique message. So, uh, so
0: like I'm pulled up some of our code here to show mm-hmm, you. Yeah. The when you send your your HTTP request, right? So you send it with the snitch ID and then you can just do like, you know, question mark m mm-hmm. equals m for message and yep. then whatever whatever message that you want to send. So in in some of them, you know, it's like we sent 100,000 emails or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, it, it, it's not super important the way that we use it. I don't know how that would be useful to other people necessarily.
1: Yeah, it could be a way that you could correlate the start and finish. If you sent mm. a job, a job giver or, or something sure. in there, so you would have the message for the first one, message for the second one. I, I don't know what you'd do with it then after that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you said the way you were describing that job, I think you said it runs like weekly.
1: As, as a, for I, instance, like, that was just an example of you wouldn't want to okay. wait for a week. To find right. out that that or two weeks that that didn't run, you you want to know within an hour that it didn't mm-hmm. run because people are going to get their money. Oh, I'm not going to get my pay, so that's yeah, me,
0: you know? Yep. And then is it how long does the job take to run? In this hypothetical one yeah. you are talking about, 10 minutes. Okay, so if you wanted to be tricky about it, something mm. you could do is like check into have it set up to be like a half hour snitch, right? <laughs> you give it a maximum of a half hour. Yep. And then, so you, you check into the snitch and you pass it the message of started and here's the GUID yep. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you can have it check in to, to say finished in the GUID. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Those will show up in that, like when I showed you the activity log where the, with the check marks, that it'll show the message right there on that screen next to the check mark. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you could have it built into the job so that after it sends that finished, you can use the API to pause the snitch. So it'll pause, okay. starts again the next yeah. time. It'll unpause.
1: Yeah, 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 I can see how that would work, yeah. So? And so you could, you could use the ITL as a tool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Handy.
0: Random thought. Uh, so we have, we already have like audit logging for our entire application, keeping mm-hmm. receipts of what users are doing when, how stuff they're screwing up so that we can have those receipts handy when they try to blame us for something that they broke or did something stupid with. But so we, since we have that audit logging built into the system and, and handy already, we will often say, okay, I'm auditing the start of a job, audit the finish of the job, yes. audit a, a particular step of the job. We do for the ones that do some heavy lifting, lots of cal- like calculations in the database, or yep. you know, mm. selecting lots of records, and, and we know they could be slow in certain scenarios or something. We will break it down into specific chunks and track the metrics, the time that it took for each chunk of the job to run, like this step where I want you sure. to select select the yeah. rows that I'm interested yeah. in. Yeah. You know, I want to know how long it took to do that. So I'll, I'll like sort of gather all of these metrics as we're going through the the process. And then in that finish audit yeah. entry, I include the all the time the the durations of all the different steps.
1: That's fair enough. Yeah. And maybe my idea was pushing that job onto the start and finish thing onto the Mm. wrong tool for the job anyway and and you're possibly quite right that should be done more locally yeah
0: I don't know I mean Mm. there's in this industry there's a million ways to do Mm.
1: any particular thing and actually thinking about it do you want to know that something started and finished because not getting the snitch that it finished would by implication you don't care that it started right Mm-hmm. You care that it didn't run,
0: <laughs> right?
1: So you don't need to go. This one started. This one finished. You just need to look for the absence of this one finished, and that does the job. And that's entirely what Dedman's what slitch does, yeah, right? So it's fine.
0: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah to, to, to restate, you're kind of just saying yeah. like ignore the started thing, yeah. And then if if the the finished goes missing, then it goes missing, and that's the... yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And yep. the only reason why I asked the question, i just thinking, okay, how can we use this? What sort of things can we do? It, it wasn't mm-hmm. a performed question. So we I mean, got there, so that's cool.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, we've been going for about an hour now.
1: I uh, noticed did you have that, any yeah. other,
0: Did you have any other questions that you wanted to get to before we... No,
1: that was a up. good intro. I, I, I like that, and it, it's interesting, and I, and I like that. Our SysOp, my SysOp friend, Brendan, who a few the people listening will, will know, said, why would you want to use something like that when you could just use Oxygenic? But I, I think I was misarticulating what it was for the opportunity is the thing that does the alerting. this is the thing that informs opportunity that there's an alert to be done so so that's cool so that was just an observation on a question actually no we've got got something to work on here
0: excellent so this episode of Working code is brought to you by time zones the thing that meant that adam and i had to get together and have this conversation on the weekend instead of during a week and listeners like you if you're enjoying the show and you want to make sure that we can keep putting more of whatever this is out into the universe then you should consider supporting us on patreon our patrons cover our recording, editing, and transcription costs, and we couldn't do this every week without them. Special thanks to our top patrons, Monty and Gene Carlo. You guys rock. Adam and I are going to go do an after show, and I have no idea what to expect from that. That'll be fun.
1: No, me neither, um, but we'll think of something.
0: We're, we're going to talk about accents and tisting.
1: Yes. It's like I'm hearing myself.
0: And so if you would like to get that after show, you can go to patreon.com slash working code pod, uh, become a patron of the show, and you get access to the the extended cut, I guess is what it is, uh, and, and early access at that of every show. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week.
1: We'll catch you next week. And until then, your heart matters, even <laughs> if something you really blindsided me with that. Thank you very much. <laughs> You've been listening to Working Code with your hosts, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you on the next episode of Working Code.